we're on a mission to help women get healthy for good. Join me each week for a new episode that'll help you sustain healthy habits and nourish your body so you can flourish in life. When it comes to nutrition, does it feel like you know what to do, you're just not doing it? Or maybe you find yourself stuck in this annoying all or nothing cycle. If it sounds like I'm reading your diary, well, that was my diary for a while too. And it's also the story of the thousands of women I've personally coached. That's why I created Flourish, the nutrition and body image support app made for women. If you recognize that diets don't work, but just not dieting isn't helping you feel your best either, download Flourish today. Your first live session with one of our credentialed nutrition and psychology experts is totally free, no credit card required. From there, you'll continue your journey with personalized accountability and support so that once you graduate from Flourish, you'll never need another nutrition program again. So head to the show notes and download Flourish for iOS or Android today. You're listening to the Nutritional Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Siegel, registered dietitian, founder of Nutritional Freedom, and total stationary nerd who's sharing episodes each week to help you ditch diets and get healthy for good. We'll dive into what really works when it comes to creating sustainable nutrition and health habits, ways to improve your body image, and how all of this helps you live a life that's in alignment with your values. Because that's what really matters, right? Let's dive in. there. Welcome back to the Nutritional Freedom Podcast. This is episode 24, all about creating some structure for your healthy habits. Because I think one of the most common misconceptions about not dieting, about ditching diets and you know, renouncing all of that is that it means that you just don't care about your health, that you don't care to engage in healthy habits or to do so certainly in any structured way. And that is just not true. So today I'm going to introduce you to a framework that can really help you think of how you can approach your healthy habits. Okay. I I really believe in a, uh, what do they call it? A teach a man or teach a woman to fish approach when it comes to health. I I'm not a huge fan, especially on the podcast, because I don't, I don't know you who's listening. You're not an active client. I don't, I don't believe in telling you exactly what to do because especially in this setting, you know, this podcast, I'm sitting here chatting, you're listening, uh, doing whatever it is that you're doing right now. Be curious to know, are you like cleaning your house? Are you on a walk? What's the deal? But anyway, in that, in this context, especially, I'm not a huge fan of telling you what to do. And, and even with our clients who I, I know much more background and context and all of that, I believe that the most sustainable way to make change, especially in the client coach relationship is to not be taught as much what, but more of the how so that you can apply the how to different areas of your life and different challenges that you go through and different chapters that you may go through in your life. Okay, but before we get into that, I'm going to share a review from Warner B12, and it says, life-changing approach to health and body image. She says, could not rave enough about Claire and her team at Nutritional Freedom for providing what feels like a revolutionary approach to health and nutrition. 
They provide real, rational explanations based in data, research, and real life that's totally relatable. Plus, they offer tactical solutions to help you do the work to create breakthroughs around food and body image. Claire is such a natural gift at teaching, and her episodes are short but packed with so much empowering information. Love this podcast. Thank you so much, Warner. I loved seeing and reading that review. Yeah, these are these episodes are designed to be just that. Short, sweet, with an emphasis on action. Okay. I really, really want you, you know, to, to change your life as a result of listening to this podcast. And, you know, I'm a big believer in motivation and inspiration, as we've talked about before. But the real kicker here is that you take what you learn and actually apply it. Okay. So with that, let's get into the tool. All right. So I'm going to introduce you to a tool that we use in our programs called supportive structure. And this is first a cognitive exercise that only makes a difference if you actually put it into practice, okay? So the fact that we call it a supportive structure kind of implies that there is an unsupportive structure. Ding, ding, ding. All right, because chances are you've received some sort of structure around your health, whether that was um, a meal plan from a trainer or a push-up challenge from Pinterest, or a calorie goal from an app. And in many cases, I would argue that those are unsupportive structures for, for many reasons. Okay, So first of all, they're likely templated, which means that they're short-term and often extreme. Okay, So there's no game plan for follow-through, and there's no accountability built in. So maybe your trainer hands you the meal plan or you download one online, right? And you don't know much of the context of why this got put together. You don't know how much this is individualized to you. You know that it's four weeks long, but then what? Like, what is the game plan here? Am I just supposed to do this every four weeks uh, over and over again? And, And again, how are you being held accountable to it? And what happens if you go off plan? What happens if you have a day where you're hungrier than the meal plan designates. What what's the deal here? <laughs> okay, so those templated, you know, one size fits most, super short term and often extreme, you know, versions of structure especially around nutrition, I I just find very ineffective and unsupportive. Okay? Another reason why these these structures may be unsupportive is because they may cause you to sacrifice your mental or emotional or social health in order to prioritize your physical health. So even if you get handed that four-week template, that four-week meal plan from your trainer, and you can do it, but you can only do it in a vacuum, right? You can only do it if you're spending you know, six hours a day on meal prep or only do it if you never go out to eat with your friends. If you're sacrificing your mental, your emotional, or your social health in order to prioritize your physical health, chances are that that structure you've got is not supportive. It's not supportive of you as a whole person. You are not just someone who eats, you know, every two to three hours based on this template. You are, you're a complicated person with lots of needs, okay? You might find that these external structures don't align with your values. Okay, so if, for example, one of your values is community or friendship or relationships and the structure that you have in place to support your health doesn't allow for that, then it's not going to last. And health is not something that you pursue 
four weeks at a time. You know, you don't just do the meal plan for four weeks or, you know, eat a certain way for 30 days and get to check the box. It is really and truly a lifestyle. Okay. And then lastly, these structures may not take into account you as an individual. Okay. So your needs, your history, and your goals. So this became crystal clear to me. Um, a few weeks ago, I signed up for science. I signed up for a well-known app that claims to not be a diet. Now, they had a very lengthy onboarding procedure that was, you know, pretty impressive. Um, lots of data <laughs> being collected um, about me. But what I didn't have the chance to share was that I have a 10-year diet history. What I didn't have the chance to share is that I have an autoimmune disease. And so when I got handed a 1,200-calorie prescription, which is totally inappropriate for me, for someone with my, my health history and my background, I knew that this was going to be an unsupportive structure, all right? So I call these unsupportive structures because they cause you to work against your mind and body rather than with your mind and body. Remember, as I've shared before, we don't pursue health habits to become acceptable, to become respectable, to become worthy. We practice them because we already are. And therefore, we create the structure to work for us we don't work for the structure, okay? So supportive structure is this framework for thinking about your health habits. And so what we see is that supportive structure exists at this intersection between self-care, self-discipline, and self-compassion. I'm going to say that one more time. You are pursuing a supportive structure in your health when you are taking into account self-care, self-discipline, and self-compassion. Okay, I'm going to go into definitions as, of each one of these terms in the context of supportive structure, and then we'll go through an actual example. Okay, so let's start with self-care. So in the context of supportive structure, self-care is what you do to feel your best mentally, physically, emotionally, all the things, right? Again, self-care is what you do to feel your best mentally, physically, across all aspects of, <laughs> of your humanity, of your existence, right? You are not just a physical body, okay? So then we move into self-discipline. So self-discipline in this context is all about holding yourself to a high standard when it comes to actually implementing that self-care. How many of us have ideas of what self-care looks like, but then we don't actually do anything with it, okay? So self-care, it's, it's often, you know, perceived as being so soft, and I think it's often perceived as kind of letting yourself off the hook or just being super nice to yourself, but it actually takes self-discipline to practice self-care, true self-care. Not just self-care in the moment, not just what feels good in the moment, but also self-care for your future self. So self-discipline is all about holding yourself to a high standard when it comes to actually implementing that self-care. Now, I want to be very, very clear here that I said high standard, <laughs> not a perfectionistic standard. 
Because when you try to be perfectionistic about your self-discipline or about your self-care, that is just self-sabotage because perfection does not exist. We often end up in this very self-sabotaging loop because perfectionism allows us to procrastinate. It allows us to give up because we create this unattainable standard, whereas self-discipline encourages a realistic and high standard. And by the way, you get to define that as part of the supportive structure framework. Okay? Lastly is self-compassion. So self-compassion in this context is all about offering yourself kindness and understanding when things don't go according to plan. If there's anything that 2020 has taught you, it is likely that things are not going to go according to plan. Brene Brown did an amazing commencement speech uh, with the UT Austin graduation this past May, I guess. And it's all about that. I, I definitely encourage you to give it a give it the old Google, all right? Okay, so now that you know kind of the three pillars of supportive structure, let's walk through an example. Okay. And the really cool thing about supportive structure is you can apply it kind of at a very high level or you can get super granular. Okay. So I'm going to walk you through a very granular example of using supportive structure as it pertains to meal prep. Okay. Meal prep is one of those areas in which we're all on it when we're dieting and we don't really naturally see how we can do it when we're not dieting. But it is such a supportive structure tool if you know how to use it, okay? So meal prep. So I'm going to walk you through this from my point of view as it pertains to to meal prep. So just use this as an example. You are going to approach this in your own way. You know, your supportive structure for meal prep may look totally different, and that's that's super fair. Okay, so let's start with self-care. Self-care for meal prep. So basically, I feel my best when... I plan ahead for what I'll eat for weekday dinners when I include a couple of servings of vegetables at most meals, when I keep some snacks on hand in case I get hungry. I know that my hunger levels vary from day to day, and I feel my best when I have some dark chocolate after dinner. That is definitely true. (laughs) Okay, so that is what self-care looks like for me as it pertains to meal prep and meal plan. Okay, just thinking about how I eat to feel my best physically and mentally, okay? So then we move into self-discipline. So with all of that in mind for self-care, how do I actually make sure that that happens? Because if I just stop there with just these you know, bullets down as ideas, that doesn't put the food in my fridge, right? It takes self-discipline to make sure that I can take that plan for self-care and actually put it into action. So I will implement that self-care by spending an hour on Sunday to map out my dinners, just did that yesterday, organize a grocery list so that I have what I need on hand, check, and including snacks and dark chocolate on that list. I'm going to set myself up for success, okay? And by the way, I see this happening so often where because meal prep and dieting feel like so the same thing, we really conflate them so often, we don't know what it's like to plan satisfaction into our meal prep routine. We don't know what it's like to 
plan to eat enough through our meal prep routine. We often think of our meal prep routine as a tool for under eating and as a tool for dieting, but it doesn't have to be the case. Okay. So now let's move into self-compassion because this is one that I I find the self-care and self-discipline can very quickly go out the window and like never come back for weeks or months on end unless we bring in self-compassion. Okay. So if and when things don't go according to plan, I will seek out alternative meal options like healthier choices at a fast food restaurant or a meal prep service. So this happens, right? I have this beautiful plan and I have self-discipline around, you know, meal prepping and meal planning from week to week, but sometimes things happen and I can't get it done. I know there are three restaurants John and I will go to throughout the week. Um, if, if for example, I have to work late, so I can't cook or it's just a really busy week, we can plan ahead for that right? I don't say that, oh, screw it. You know, I have to work late. Let's eat in a way that doesn't align with my values or that doesn't make me feel good. No. And there's no emotional drama around that. It's self-compassion and it's holding myself to a high standard, right? And practicing a lot of self-care and self-respect. So if and when things don't go according to plan, I will remember that I can simply return to my plan for self-care and self-discipline without throwing in the towel. Okay. And by the way, this is going to be much easier now that you're not dieting and that you are creating a realistic idea of what self-care and what self-discipline look like for you. Okay. If you want more on this, go check out one of our recent episodes called Consistency Sabotage. We talk a lot about this idea of creating truly sustainable habits. So if and when things don't go according to plan, I will acknowledge that I'm doing the best I can and I will speak to myself the way I would a friend. Okay. Y'all, supportive structure, baby. This is just one example, but you can apply this to so many different things. I encourage you to apply it to to exercise, apply it to your morning routine, apply it to the different aspects and areas of your health and, and see what you come up with, okay? So again, this is a cognitive exercise. So that means you actually have to take the steps towards action. And I just want to note and offer offer some compassion on that note that implementing new habits in an area in which you've historically struggled can be difficult for so many reasons. We've explored a lot of those reasons on the podcast. That's always true when you're trying to install an unsustainable habit, but it's also true in which you're trying to install a sustainable habit, especially if that's happening without any sort of accountability. Okay. So I just want to say that a great place to start here is with our free mini course. It's called the three keys to diet again. I love this course. It is such a great starter set. So if what I've shared with you today has resonated with you, I really want to encourage you, you know, to make that shift from gathering inspiration to taking action. So how it works, you're going to check out the link below. You'll sign up for the free course. You just give us your email and that way we know where to send it. And you'll receive a workbook and three days of video lessons to help get you started in this process of ditching diets and getting healthy for good. Okay. So take what you've learned here, put it into action using the three keys to never diet again. All right, y'all have an amazing rest of your day and I'll see you next week. Bye.